What's up guys, it's Brian here from Full Bite Legs, but most importantly, upgrade mentality. And today, we're talking with one of my good clients, my good friends, Edgar Postigo. Always composed, Edgar Postigo is a mortgage specialist at CIBC, and he's here to speak about the housing market and give some insight on certain questions we always have. Edgar, welcome to Upgrade Mentality. Hey, welcome. Hello. How are you? How's everything? Very good, very good. So guys, for you guys that know or don't know, Edgar, Edgar Postigo is one of my good clients here at the gym. He started off here on the special that we had this summer. And right away, he got along with all the crew, all the community. Uh, and now he's a lively part of the community. Nice guy, always working hard. I know he's great at his job. That's why I invited him here at the podcast Upgrade Mentality to talk about the Aussie market because we have a lot of new, uh, new time uh, home buyers here at the gym. So I want to have a diff different perspective Questions that people always have about the housing market because a lot of people, they want to know, okay, uh, how much money do I need? Uh, do I, can, I take, uh, can I take credit line? This and that. All these questions are going to be answered today. But without further ado, Edgar, talk to me about yourself. Where are you from? What is your background? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me, man. Yes, sir. So, uh, so yeah, my name is Edgar Postigo. Uh, born and raised here in Montreal. My, my parents are from Bolivia. Uh, that's in South America, for, for, for anybody who doesn't know where it is, it's in South America. So, you know, I have pretty much the same background, like, you know, any um, son of immigrant that was uh, born and raised here in Montreal. My parents came here in 88, 87, uh, moved a lot. I uh, grew up in Laval, grew, uh, grew up afterwards, we moved to Vilsanara with, uh, I love to call it over there, it's like uh, Little Beirut over there. Yes, yeah, for sure. <laughs> You yeah. only have like... A, Oh, where are you from? Lebanon, Lebanon, Lebanon. Okay, cool. It's a uh, little Beirut over there. So, yeah, shout out, shout out to uh, to the school over there, Henri Beaulieu. Uh, then after that, I moved to Saint Michel, uh, from Saint Michel to Saint Leo, to Saint Leo Ansic, come and still in Saint Leo actually now. And so yeah, moved a lot. Uh, background, told you Spanish, uh, Bolivia. So I speak Spanish too. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, my man. Very diverse <laughs> character here. I'm moving around and stuff. It, might, it sure. must have made you really good at what you do as your job, right? Working with different clients, different ethnicity, different religions. Oh my God, man. It must have really helped you. And I know as a kid, it's tough because I grew up kind of like in the same kind of dilemma as you. Not dilemma, but you dilemma. mean in the environment as yeah. you, environments. Uh, it's tough when you're a kid because you don't know where to like kind of fit in. But at the same time, as you grow up, it becomes uh, a lot better for... Um... Bro, for real, it helps out a lot. Like down the line, like now it helps out a lot. Like I, I grew up the, in, in Vilsanaran, right? So over there, it's, they're uh, mainly only Lebanese. I click well with my, with my Lebanese people, with my yeah. Lebanese people. I click well with them. Like my brother-in-law is actually Lebanese. So there's that. Okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So that, that's I, I click well with them and instantly, food-wise and yeah, all, all, all of that. After it, uh, in Saint Michel, like with my Haitian people, with my Dominican people, man, we click. So it's yeah, it's. And then in Saint Leo, like you have all the all the Algerian, all the is over there, pretty much. So it's uh, no, really, it's uh, it helps out a lot with the work now because you get a client. Oh, tu viens de où, Monsieur? Ah, moi je suis haïtien. Ah, Monsieur. What is that? Les bananes plantain. Those are amazing, you know. Stuff you talk about food and people connect with you. For sure. And you, you have, I have a Lebanese client in front of me. Then I, I, I you know, I, I throw in some words in, in, the, in the Arabic, and they go like, Oh my God. There you oh, go. You Lebanese. I'm like, no, yeah. I just know a couple of words, you know. But hey, it's, it helps also. It helps a lot for sure. For sure. <laughs> uh, that's what's crazy about growing up in Montreal. For those of you that don't live in Montreal, okay. 
or any kind of like major city, right? Is that you grew up with so many different ethnicities and it makes you not a Quebecois per se, or a Canadian, makes you a Montrealer because Montreal, sure. Montreal has its own taste, its own strong ethnicities in different parts of the city. So it makes us very a uh, Montrealer. Uh, Mr. Portigo, Mr. Postigo, uh, how did you become interested into banking and real estate and what hooked you? Uh, okay, so I, I've, been in the, I've been in the banking world since uh, 2014. Wow. Uh, I've done two banks, no, actually three. <laughs> Funny story. So the <laughs> first bank I got hired, I'm not, will, will remain nameless. <laughs> uh, I've been working at this bank for literally uh, uh, 14, no, 16 hours. So on my second day over there, uh, after my shift, uh, at the end of my shift, I get a call from another bank saying, oh, um, we'll, we'll take you. Uh, here's the salary, da, da, da. I'm like, oh, actually, it's, it's good for me because nice. I was working at the, uh, at the branch and honestly, I had to count the money and everything. No, so it wasn't for me. It was right. too much responsibility. I, I wasn't, it wasn't for me. Mm. And so I got that call, like, oh, you're, uh, you're gonna be high, you'll, you'll be working at the call center, da, da, da. And that's really what I really wanted at the time. So uh, I go in the, in the manager's office, I go, hey, I, gotta, I have to talk to you. She goes, okay, that's good, because I'm gonna open your account now, blah, blah. Yeah, but about that, don't open it. Why? Because uh, I'm leaving. What? Already? Yeah, yeah, because I got an offer from, from another bank, blah, blah, blah. She goes, oh, okay, well, okay, well, good luck, right? So, Shit. yeah, right, so fast forward, I go to the, uh, to the second bank, the second bank will still remain nameless, and uh, went there for uh, the call center, it was an amazing time, three years in, uh, after that, uh, worked as a, um, a financial advisor in a branch, uh, and that's where I, um, I was working, f uh, the finances, like, mostly, like, credit and investments, so, and I, really fell in love with the credit. I really fell in love with that because, you know, there's, um, there's ways to, to get credit. There's ways to get more. Uh, it's how you present the file. And I was really good at that and I really enjoyed that. Uh, so that was about the credit. And also the, the real estate part is, uh, well, I was lucky enough. I, was, uh, I, had, I, have, I have good, good friends, great friends actually. And a good friend of, my, a good friend of mine uh, was um, pushing me to like, yeah, you should get into real estate, da, da, da. You know, like to, uh, at least get what you can, you know, a condo or a duplex or whatever. But, get something at least. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not, blah, blah, blah. And so all in all, eventually I uh, was lucky and as an immigrant, uh, okay, son of an immigrant, uh, I've stayed uh, with my parents for a very long time. So I was able to, lucky enough to uh, save up a lot and uh, was lucky enough to uh, get myself on my first condo. And funny story, when I got the first condo, I didn't tell no one about it. I didn't tell my parents, my family, nothing about it. Because I knew for a fact they would have been like uh, all scared and maybe would have, Tell, tell me not to do it, blah, blah, blah. And so I would have backed off eventually, right. which is, like, I understand their perspective. They want to protect me and they don't know. But eventually I needed to do something for myself. I needed, right. you know, if I don't know, like, if they don't know, I don't know. Let's, let me do, I'll, I'll do the first step. And so I go and tell my mom, hey, ma, I got myself a condo. She goes, and she snaps. You don't, you don't, you don't even know how to cook. Hmm. What is that? What, what is that? You don't love us anymore? Like, why are you moving out? I go, oh, mom, I'm not going to move out. Like, what are you going to do with it? I'm going to rent it. What? Are you even, like, you're not even handy. Blah, 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 what are you gonna do? Blah, 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 blah. And so anyhow, eventually yeah, I, get I, that. All, I get that, I get that, I get that, that right? Yes, so, yes, yes, I get that. And so good. there you go, so I had all the answers, like whatever she came at me with, uh, and my parents, and both of them, I had, like, I had the answers for. Uh, so that's how it started pretty much. That's amazing, yeah, it's crazy, crazy huh? Like, I, if, God bless if you grew up with parents that are super uh, open to new ideas, open to new experiences, and open to taking risks. 
But if you come from an, an, an ethnically background that's different, like ours, a bit more conservative, or our parents, you know, being immigrants, I think it's very difficult for them when, they, when we make big moves because they're like, oh my God, but you, you're sure. And it's all anxiety, right? It's it projection is. of their anxiety on you. So don't take it bad. I think it's, oh. uh, you know, like even me sometimes looking back on my past history with my parents, sometimes it was difficult because they were very anxious, very scared. But at the same time, it comes from a good place. It comes from a place of, you know, safety. They want you to, to feel comfortable. But if you want to progress, you can't be comfortable. Exactly. And it must have been the same thing for you. I mean, yeah. you, I mean look at you. Full body athletes, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was very tough in the beginning. Uh, I think I tell this to people all the time. If you're trying to please, it could be your family members, it could be your friends, it could be anybody, and you don't respect yourself, then ultimately you'd be, you're going to be a loser in this, in this, uh, in this exchange, okay? Correct. Guy, uh, uh Edgar, what are the different things a mortgage broker does in a day? What are the different things? Yeah, that's funny. Because uh, I see you sometimes here in the morning, you see right, you sometimes here at go. night, I'm like, what's going on with this well, guy? <laughs> well, yeah, this, we're lucky enough to have this flexibility in our schedule, honestly. Because right. um, most, most of them, like, uh, they're all, they all work uh, on commission, on mm -hmm. base commission only. So what you have to do is go out there, get out there, and like meet people, meet realtors, meet new partners, try to develop your, your network, and so that way you get referrals and this and that, right? Um, but that helps also with the schedule, because uh, you're not at the office, so you just work from home remotely, or you can go to the branch, but right. you, know, you still have time for yourself to come here, whatever. But uh, um, listen, but for me and for some that I know, uh, what they do is like, you know, Obviously, emails is a is, is a major part of our uh, of work because you get emails from that pending file, from that uh, appraisal, from the etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, from your from your broker, whatnot. So you check your emails. That's one thing for sure. Mm. Second thing is uh, keep in touch with your partners. You know, like uh, you try to keep in touch with your partners. Oh, hey, what's up? What are you doing tomorrow? Blah, blah, blah. I have this uh, golf event. When I want to join. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Let's go out to try to do stuff like that because that way is you yeah. you maintain that relationship and it's not good. Yeah, eventually, eventually it's, it grows into a, a better. Hopefully, it grows into a better relationship. Not only like a oh, partner wars, not only work environment. It has to be like you know, uh, come to my wedding type of relationship. You know, you want that eventually. Uh, you want to gain their trust and you want that like gain their trust and they gain your trust and everything, right? So right. it's a, that's the type of relationship that you got to maintain that. But obviously, obviously, you gotta look for more because you have to diversify your uh, your referral sources. You can't just stay with uh, with uh, partners because eventually, you know, uh, let's say for realtors right now it's a hard time, whatever. Then okay, uh, well, I need more referrals from other uh, other sources such as I don't know accountants, such as financial security advisors. So trying to meet more people, mm -hmm. trying to expand that network. So you know, you gotta work on that. You gotta also work a bit. What I'm trying to do actually like, work a bit on visibility through social media. I have uh, there's lots of more workers out, out there who are very strong on social media and they're very good at it and I'm a, I'm a very small player in that I, I try to be much more comfortable I mean listen this listen, podcast yeah, in front of the sure. camera you know like for right sure. now you don't know in front, inside of me I have tiny Edgar who's in the jail yeah. who's in the prison he goes why, why am I here I'm yeah, not supposed to do this sure. but this is me trying, trying to get out there you know like being outside of my comfort zone so I love that aspect, sorry Edgar to yeah, say, like you know, like he just like put himself out there and he's actually talking about vulnerability where he's like, it's something I don't like doing but I'm doing because I have no choice and the thing is, it's like the more you do it, the smaller that voice, the bigger that voice, that, the smaller that voice becomes inside of you that's telling you that you're not good, you're not good, you're not good enough, you're mm -hmm. not good because a lot of times it's just anxiety of performance, it's what you're worried about, it's not necessarily 
what others are going to think about what you think about yourself, you know, and, and how, what your expectations. I always tell people, you know, be, be empathize with yourself. Be good to yourself, you know. Don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. Understand that this is a process and whatever that you start, it's going to be hard in the beginning and you're going to feel shit about it and you're not going to feel like the greatest about it, but... It just continuously getting, doing the same things over and over, and eventually it sticks. Big time, big time. Exactly. Um, I wanted to say something else also. You spoke about uh, keeping people together, networking, how important mm. it is. Guys, whatever, um, whatever part of society you're in, even if you're working a simple nine to five job, uh, if you're an entrepreneur or whatnot, you need, as entrepreneurs, even it's greater, you need to network. You need to go out there, meet different people, not just for the connections, but sometimes it's like, it's not necessarily the person that you're directly involved with that's gonna help you. But sometimes it's a friend of a friend of a friend that's gonna end up being that partner or that. Big time, man. You know? I mean, like, for example, that friend of mine who I told you, like, who pushed me a lot to, like, get into real estate, I've, like, I've known him since only, like, uh, eight years now, but, like, mm. he was a friend of a friend through Sejep, and I wasn't, uh, we weren't going to the same Sejep. We did, a, we did a Spartan race together, and then eventually we became friends, and then he pushed me through that, and I'm like, oh, shit, thanks, man. And that's like, we keep contact, and that's the thing about network. And the first thing that I learned, that, that we learned whenever we work at, uh, at banks, they tell us, like, listen, network, network, network. Like, I keep contacts, you know? If he's your manager, one day you'll be his manager, one day he's gonna go somewhere else. And exactly. Might or whatever, like, and do the same thing with everybody. Gym, friends, 100%. soccer, soccer tournament, tournaments, or whatever. Try to keep as much contact as possible, because you never know. Like, I mean, a friend of mine uh, works in HR, wants to uh, do something else. Oh, hey, hey, I have a colleague at uh, that company that may be able to hook you up. You know, they're just connections. It helps out everybody. It helps out everyone. And also, it, it, it's, it's, it's so important for, for business to be, uh, to be long and to be strong, right? Because sometimes as we think that, ah, oh, you know, our sources, if you don't get out, people are gonna come to me. And that's not true. You have to put yourself out there. You gotta meet, meet different people and you have to make your time and your schedule. You know what I mean? Like you're a busy person, but you gotta make that time to dine, you know what I'm saying? Well, well there you go, exactly. Regarding that question, uh, what we do, like we have to check our schedules. Like we yeah. check our schedule, okay, the calendar, okay, this week I have yeah. this, this week I have to go, I have, I have to come to your gym, to do the podcast, right. they're on this week, I'm meeting this. You know, gotta keep in touch with your calendar and everything. Very important, guys. Keep in touch with the calendar, have a to-do list, right, so you're always on track. Mr. Postigo, how did the, uh, you know, recently we just went over a three-year period where there was COVID, it was a big empathem, uh, um, pandemic. pandemic, thank you, big pandemic in the world, and it was very difficult for all lines of business. However, the housing market did very, very well for itself, okay? <laughs> Tell me, how did COVID affect the housing and banking market since that period? Yeah, well, about that, it's... How can I say it's uh it's not a pandemic, but at that time what happened is that it was low inventory, low inventory, and the rates were so low, like you had 1.70, 1.50 sometimes. Yeah. It was amazing, it was good times, right? Good times, <laughs> good times, right? You weren't able yeah. to go out after eight o'clock, good times, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good times for you, but yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> but hey, yeah, that's so that's the thing. So low inventory, uh, rates were low, so People were looking at the rates like, oh, so I can I can actually get a house of 500k for uh, 1900 per month. Oh, nah, that's that's amazing. Let's go yeah. get that. But the thing is, uh, so they would look at a house with their realtor and okay, how many offers are on the table? Uh, there's 25. Oh my God, there's 25. So some of them are not willing to go like all the way to like 100k more. 
some of them were only willing to go like 20k more, 30k more. And unfortunately for them, to this day, they still have they didn't find their other house or they found condos, but they're not down for a condo. They really they really wanted that house. And so I had a client also. Uh, he was pre-approved for like six six hundred twenty. He looked at a house at um, marketed, at listed at five hundred k. He goes with the realtor, and he's a construction guy, so he knows what to do with houses. Right. right? Because what's five hundred k? Okay, well I'll, I'll give him because oh, just because we're in, we're in bidding wars right now, so I'll, I'll give him a five twenty. But the realtor told him, listen, if you give five twenty, forget it. Don't even that's that's not a waste waste our time. You're like you're gonna lose it. Why? Because there's eighteen offers right now on the table, and then you have to go. I would say go for, go with your max. Yeah. And if do you really want the house? Yeah, but it's not really worth that amount. Yeah, but eventually it's gonna worth that amount. Blah blah. blah. Yeah, but I'm a construction guy. I know stuff. You know, I know that. So he eventually he did the offer for 620 uh, and uh, he got the house. So, I mean, he got the house, but that was the reality back then. Yeah. Low inventory, lots of people throwing themselves at houses. Now, actually right now, the market is shifting a bit now. Mm. Instead of, for example, like you see a house at 650 right now, uh, there's no longer like 20 people. There might be five people, but those five people might not give you like more than you're asking for. They mm. might actually negotiate down the price: 630, 620, 625, blah blah blah. So sure, the seller is gonna make money. She bought the house at a certain price. She's selling the house at 650. She's, she'll make money, but maybe don't expect to sell over over the overpriced. So that's the reality right now. So that's those are different times in two years. Imagine right. that. Right, crazy. crazy. Low inventory sparks the the prices up because people are overbidding, right? They're overbidding. Yeah. There's not so many houses now. There's so many more houses, but now it's a lot more difficult. Uh, uh, more houses, or actually maybe more houses. Yeah, but the thing is also less buyers because the thing buyers. is yeah because now the rates went up. Yes, now with the rates went up, it's hard to it's harder to qualify. Or you do qualify, but you mm. don't qualify for the amount that you were looking for. So let's say you were, just to give an idea also. So for example, someone back then two years ago with a rate at 1.70, back then uh, 500K uh, mortgage or 495 mortgage, uh, the, the payment per month was about uh, 1,900 to 2,000 bucks per month, right? Okay, now keep in mind that person is a was a tenant, was paying maybe 1,200 bucks. Now she just got herself a, a house of worth of 500K for like 700 more, right? It's crazy, per month. yeah. Now fast forward two years later, like right now, let's say the rate is at 5% because it was at the same time it was 5%. It was for the same price, it was 2700 uh, $2, per month. It's crazy. Exactly, and that's with 5% down payment. And so yeah, it's a big, so again, keep in mind that person was a tenant paying 1200 bucks. Now you gotta pay 27. I mean, if you're comfortable, if you're comfortable with your budget wise, Sure, go ahead, right? If you're okay with it. If you're not okay with it, think it over. You mm. know, maybe you don't have to go get that 500k. You know, maybe compromise and get the condo, and then eventually sell it. In five years, you'll make money out of this. You're also at the same time, your income is gonna grow. What you're gonna do? You're gonna use that down payment to, but finally, you get, you'll get your house, your house that you wanted, and by then, hopefully, the rates will be better. Hopefully, so. The strategies. Wow. We'll talk about the rates. Uh, we'll go further and on the detail on the rates and a couple of questions later. But I love what Edgar was saying and the different perspectives and the different uh, ways of doing things, which is, is good because as a buyer or as a person that's, you know, I'm slowly looking into the market uh, to have a different perspective, a professional's perspective, how they look at it and how you can match, how you can deal. It's very interesting and I can't wait to talk more about it. Uh, Edgar. Simple question, maybe simple for us, well for you, but it's a question that comes comes around a lot, especially for new to, new home buyers. 
What are the important things we need to know before we purchase a house? And what is the general procedure? All right, so uh, what you need to do is keep an eye on your credit score. You know, like if you know for a fact that your credit score is fine and everything, uh, you know, there's ways to keep track of it. Equifax, some apps online that they're not exactly sh the thing, like they're not exactly on point, but they're close enough. Uh, if you have a collection somewhere, pay it off. Uh, if you went bankruptcy, but you still want to get the house, there's ways to go about it call a professional, you know, something like that. But the first things first, get a pre-approval, for sure. Mm -hmm. And as you go through the pre-approval process, it's very simple. Uh, the bank wants to know, okay, do you work? Do you have a down payment? How's your credit? And, uh, okay, cool, so I need documents for that. Three months statements, let's see how, like, if you, did you have the, the, uh, the money for 90 days? Yes, is it yours? Yes, is it saved up throughout time? Yes, perfect. Sec or it could be a gift from your family. Okay. Only 90 days? Yeah, Only 90, 90 days? Months, exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. So if it's, I think it'd be like years. No, so, so see, there's things. A lot, lots crazy. of people don't know, exactly. So there's that. There's also, so it's just three months statement. You have it to file for, you, you had it in your account for 90 days, and you're okay. Um, you're, uh, you, you work, you're an employee, and a letter of employment, and a pay stub. Now, if you're working in a bank or uh, somewhere where they give you commission, well, we might have to do an average of the last two years. Therefore, we'll ask you for the T4 of the last two years and the pay stuff. Now, if you're self-employed, self-employed is, is a bit more trickier. We ask for the last two years. Uh, we do a last two years average of notice of assessment and T1 general. Um, now, the thing is with them, when we understand they're self-employed, so they don't declare as much. Uh, so some banks, what they do, they're able, we're able to like increase your uh, your income by like 15%, which sometimes helps. Because wow. keep in mind that they're, sometimes they don't buy alone; they're buying with someone else. So it yeah. helps out a lot with the qualification. And finally, we have Inc. Correct me if I'm wrong. Inc. Yes. Know, incorporator, right? So in that case, same thing. Average of the last two years, T1 notice of assessment. If you're good to go with the ink, if I if like if it's if it's if there's good numbers and if it's positive, perfect. We're with the company itself or with the person? No, the person. So we're okay. talking. So for example, I'm looking at the person when I'm taking the T1 right, notice right. of assessment. Mm -hmm. If the income there is good enough, perfect. But if you need more, what we can what we can look at is your um, the last two years of your financial statements okay. uh, from the company. So we take we take a look at those. If they're positive, we plug in the numbers. Uh, we're able to add uh, 25 to maybe 50k more. Sometimes I have files where where the client has a 20k worth of income as pers on the personal side, but uh, because uh, his business went super well over the last two years, uh, we're able to add 80k more. So there you go, 100k of income that we can use, and uh, therefore they can purchase. Uh, they can qualify for the amount that they're looking for. Oh, so nice. you know, there's tricks and ways for that. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I would say. Uh, well, that's the process uh, to go about it. Those are the type of documents that we ask uh, to go about it. But before, you know, you can't just go and visit a house and you go, okay, I'll make, a, I'll make an offer. Even the realtor is going to ask you for the, okay, but where's your pre-approval? Do you know? Like, how do you know that you can Yeah, exactly. It makes no sense. It's like you're going off to, to go buy a pair of shoes. You don't, have, you don't have that money to buy a pair of shoes. Well, there you go, exactly. It's like it's a, or you're going to go do boxing without the pair of gloves. You know what I mean? It's like it's a bit, uh, honestly, go bar bare knuckle, but that's another story. Yeah, that's another story. Uh, I know this is a very general question, generous question, and I know it's a question that really depends on, on mm. the, the, the size of the house, how much the house costs. But for example, what is generally a good amount for a down payment in the house? Uh, I know it's a very generalized it is, question. You it know is what I mean? a good amount. But I mean, for somebody that's young that's listening to this podcast, it's like, hey, this is the number that I need, at least for a down payment. What would it be? To have like an average good house. 
Okay. Well, okay. Just to give you an idea. Maybe 33, 35k. Okay. Uh, the reason why, because you need five percent down. Because okay. So here's the thing. To buy a house, you need 5% down. Your first time buyer, uh, you can, well, first time buyer, or even second time buyer, it doesn't matter. You can put 5% down. Uh, that's the minimum. That's if you're looking for a house or a condo or a duplex. Okay. A duplex that you plan on living in, right? Mm -hmm. So that's 5% down. If we're talking triplex and fourplex, then it's 10% down the minimum. Yeah. Now, the thing is, I say 5%, I say 10%, but the thing is, all the banks, they want to see that you have the closing costs. What are closing costs? Closing costs is like notary fee, uh, tax revenue once you have the house. Mm. All in all, it, it, it's around 1.5% okay. of, of the property. So okay. if I say that you need 5%, no, it's actually 6.5% of the house. It's 6.5% it's of 500K, I believe it's like 33K around there. So that's why I say 35, so just to uh, give you uh, an idea. Okay. So that with that, you would be able to get that, five, five, that 500K uh, house. Now I'm just talking, it's one thing down payment, but then after we have to take a look at the income, that's another thing, and then the debts, that's another thing. So step by step, you have the down payment, perfect, check. What's your income? Can you qualify for it? Check. Then, and then what's your credit? What are your liabilities? Do you, we're still, are we still good with the ratio guidelines? Yeah. Check. Then we can submit the file. Ah, okay. Very interesting. Uh, Edgar, if something drastic has happened in the last year, maybe 12, uh, 15 months, yeah. uh, the prime rate has gone up, okay? okay. And it's having a lot of new time. Homebuyers yeah. very stressed out because they bought their house, okay? They overbid during this crazy housing market. Uh, they overbid in the house and now they're paying so much more under mortgage that they were paying previously. How did that affect the market, okay? What do you guys say to your clients when they come calling to you and be like, hey man, it's going it's up. Boss. It's yeah, boss. I know. Okay, so first things first, what we need to understand is, okay, so Bank of Canada, what they do is they take a look at the economy and uh, their main goal is to make sure that the um, uh, inflation rate is around is around 2%, 2.2%. That's their main goal. Whenever the inflation rate goes up rapidly, uh, what they do to counter that is they increase their um, the prime rate. And so whenever that happens, what happens is that clients who have mortgages so there's two types of mortgage that you can get fixed rate variable rates right mm. but actually before that what happens is that as they increase the rates banks will increase their rates all usually all the time and what happens <laughs> i like the, pro the progression that usually all the time yeah always <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much so they increase banks increase and what happens is that all of a sudden your qualification rate increases so just to give an example um if we increase your rate, like the rates have increased, um, if the bank increases the rates, uh, and then you get a rate that we give you, let's say, I don't know, 5.50, okay, cool, we'll give you 5.50. But to qualify you, it's not 5.50. Yes, you will be paying per month 5.50, then no questions asked. But it's actually 5.50 plus two, so therefore 7.50. So we, call, we qualify for 7.50, so it's very different. And so like it's, we, all of a sudden you're, not, you're, no longer, you're no longer qualifying for the amount that you were looking for again. Mm. So it's, it's, it's more strict now, so there's that. So to, to borrow money, uh, it costs even more, it's, it's, it's harder. Now, the other thing is, there's two types of products, fixed rate or variable rate. So fixed rate, it says it, it's fixed, regardless. Market goes up, while the rate goes up, it goes down. You're still paying the same monthly payment per month. C'est fixe, c'est dit, right? We got that. Now, viable rate, ça varie. So there you go. So the way that it works is that primary goes up, 
I'll give you an example. So say again, now we give you a prime rate right now is at 595. Now I'm you're saying, oh, Edgar, je prends a 595 rate. Okay, cool. But I'm giving you 595 minus 0.50, which is a 5.45 rate. So your rate is now 5.45. Now in December, this coming December, they're saying that the rate's going to go up. And so let's say they're going to go up, they're in, they'll go up by 0.50. So it goes up by 0.50. Mm -hmm. yeah, you had a question. Go ahead. Yeah, 0.50. Is that a lot? Is that considering? Is it a lot? Yeah, come on. Yeah. I come tell you, like, uh, f especially if your mortgage is a, it's a large amount. Yeah, it's gonna have effect. So here's how. Um, so let's say you, you had your mortgage at 545. And let's say your mortgage payment is 2500 bucks. Okay, cool. Now in December. So it depends which with banks, which uh, with which bank you're dealing, and there's good and there's. Good isn't good. Both yeah, are good. yeah. So the way that it works is that, for example, let's say you might be dealing with a bank where they say, okay, well, if the rate goes up or the rate goes down, don't worry about that. You will still you will still keep paying the same monthly payment per month. That twenty five hundred per, per month, you keep uh, you keep the same payment per, per month. The only thing is that you will be paying much more interest. Cool. The thing is with that is that eventually, and that's what happened this year. A lot of people had a variable rate. Uh, March came in. Okay, cool. Uh, rate went up. Boom. Okay, uh, so now uh, it doesn't affect my mortgage payment, right? No, it doesn't affect you. Keep you keep the same. Cool. Uh, three months later, oh, it went up again in June. Oh, okay. But what happens now? All of a sudden, in September again, the same thing. Now you get a letter at home saying, "Oh, by the way, uh, we know that you keep the same payment per month, but just know that your amortization. You were supposed to like in five years, supposed to be at twenty years of uh, worth of amortization on your contract, but because now your mortgage payment is no longer." Um, paying anything on the principal, you're only paying interest. So your full 25, uh, oh 25 is only interest. You're, the balance is still the same. Mm -hmm. So what's happening is that your amortization, instead of like being 20 years, is actually 31 years, 32 years, depending mm. on how big, big of a deal it is. So what's going to happen is that they'll, uh, they'll tell you, like, listen, you can, you can increase your payment if you want to. So you have people panicking about that. Now this other, the other thing is, you have other banks where what they do is that, okay, we'll increase you if the rate goes up. We will increase your payment. Why? Because we, we, we want to prevent the first thing that I told you about, which is the amortization thing. Now, again, as I said, both things are good because one, uh, one worries about the budget payment per month, mm -hmm. right? The other uh, doesn't want to, wants to make sure that in five long years, term, yeah. long term, exactly. But the, the downside of the other thing also is that not everybody is comfortable with just an increase of payment like that. So let's say in March, 2,500, three months later, 2,700, three months later, oh my God, 3,200. Oh yeah, my God, I like, oh, holy shit, exactly. I can no longer save. I can no like, oh my God, like, it's a tough lot. Eh? So that's what's happening right now. Um, uh, my suggestion would be like, you know, if you took a variable rate, uh, try to remember your why you took a variable rate, right? Because, so here's the thing when and me and other mortgage specialists and other mortgage brokers tell that to their client. So we have a client and I have let's, literally this conversation that I'm having which is the same exact thing, which is, okay, so here are the advantages of a fixed rate, here are the inconvenience of a fixed rate. Here are the advantages of a, of a variable rate, here are the inconvenience of a variable rate. The choice is yours. For sure the choice is yours. It's easy, it's easy to say that, but I would say even more, it's, um, it takes a certain risk appetite to take a variable rate. Not everybody is comfortable with it. If you see that, try to picture yourself in the future like, wow, if my payment goes up or if uh, my amortization is off the roof, what do I do? Like, am I gonna be yeah, okay exactly. with that? Yeah, yeah. And you have to, to have that talk. You know yourself better than anybody, right? So you, it's, it takes a certain risk appetite to take that decision to take a variable rate. If you don't like that risk, go ahead with a fixture. Cast up a la tête, prime to fix, see exactly what's going to be, you know, 
podcast or podcast. So that's that's the well, that's a conversation I have with clients. That's the situation right now with clients. Also, when you have a variable rate, you always have the option to like, okay, you know what? Never mind. I'll just switch to a fixed rate. They're able to do that. Banks are able to okay, convert that rate to a fixed rate. So there's that possibility for you as well you know, mm. to get out of that. Uh, I know this is, and I probably, if you don't want to answer, you don't have to answer. In your opinion, Mr. Edgar Postigo, yes, sir. mortgage specialist, best <laughs> of all time, the greatest since Muhammad Ali. Oh my uh, God. Which one do you, you prefer? For everything that you've seen, what is better? Uh, I know it's, it's client dependent, but in your opinion, from the things that you see, you prefer fixed or variable rate? Well, okay, it depends. As you said, it depends. For example, uh, you have rentals, let's say. If the rate goes up and you take a variable one and the rate goes up, it's, it's okay. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, the, the, the interest that you're paying is tax deductible, right. so that's good for you. You don't, you don't even care about that. And the good thing about variable rate that I, me, I like is that, so for right now, right now the, the rates are up, right? They're, they're high, but eventually they'll go down. Eventually, they will go down. And on a long-term, studies have shown that on a long-term basis, not a five-year basis. Like they long, always go down. Ten, exactly. In a 10-year basis, usually, uh, variable rates, you pay much less interest than on the fixed rate. So there's that. And the other thing about the uh, variable rate that I like is that, um, so think of it this way. Say you have a cell phone, con cell phone contract that you just got with uh, any X company, Videotron, whatever, Videotron, let's say. Um, now, Bell ca calls you and says, oh, well, listen, you'll be paying, uh, I can give you, to, uh, I don't know, 25 gigs, uh, 25 bucks per month, well, everything included. Yeah, heck yeah, I want that, right? For so sure. you'll transfer that. Now, video Trump is going to say, okay, cool, okay, you're, gonna, you're leaving us, no problem, you're leaving us, but hey, there's a penalty because uh, the contract goes for 24 months, right? So you'll be paying penalties for that. So, so that we're talking about hundreds, hundreds mm -hmm. of dollars. Now, picture a fixed rate uh, on the mortgage, you're transferring somewhere else, mm. there's penalties as well. Now, in this case, we're talking thousands, right? Uh, because the, the amount is huge. Now, if it's a variable rate, it's different. Um, it's, it's a penalty, yes, but it's three months worth of interest. So it's much less than a fixed rate all the time. So that helps you a lot to like, you know, if you want to, if you get an offer from a, from a bank somewhere else and the, the rates are better right now and you know that you're paying a high rate because you took a fixed rate at 5% for, for, for the next uh, five years, or uh, not a fixed rate, but a variable rate, you know that uh, they're offering a, a fixed rate somewhere else and it's a, good, it's a good offer and you know that you have a penalty but not that expensive that you're okay with it, sure, because you'll be saving much more. So, sure, do the transfer. Go ahead and go ahead, go ahead and go over there, right? Yeah. So that helps you. You have this flexibility yeah, more well. flexibility, yeah, 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 for sure. So I like that, uh, but also, I mean, again, the fixed rates, it's, it's, it's always nice that, you know, yeah. especially if, for people who took a, a 1.50 fixed rate back then, it was yeah, amazing, right? Yeah, so yeah, 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 I can't yeah. complain with that. I think I would have done that also, you know what I mean? Buying it at 150, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's a bit of a no-brainer, you know what I mean? Yeah, and actually, I saw something, uh, a realtor posted this on uh, on Instagram, it was really nice. Uh, it's, uh, her name is Shana Perry, I think, I believe. Anyhow, um, she posted this and it says, because that's the situation right now, because houses are like you're able to negotiate down the price a bit, but the rates are high. So it's date the rate, marry the price. Yes, I've <laughs> that's seen so that. funny. Because <laughs> the thing is, it is what it is, real. Because for example, right now the house you're able to negotiate down the price. Yes, the rates are high right now, but you know it's just, that's temporary. Uh, that's why you're dating it, right? Because uh, the thing is, the fact that you're able to, because you make money at the purchase. Once if you once you make you make money, how? Like when you negotiate down the price. 25k under, so 
you just made 25k you saved out 25k of down payment that's you know right. you saved up a lot so you're winning already right there so and also eventually who knows in the next five years uh you will want to refinance your house and because you were able to get the, get a better price at the beginning you have gained a lot of equity so equity is for example the um the value the difference between the val market value of the house and now the and your mortgage so if you've paid less at the beginning, then you have a higher, uh, a larger equity. Mm. So it helps. Very interesting. Um, this is a question to ask for myself, but also every entrepreneur that's listening to this podcast. Hopefully, there's a lot of you that are listening to this podcast. Okay. Uh, upgrade mentality. Don't forget on Spotify, and iTunes. Um, nice. What is better, self-employed or employee to buy a house? I think I know the answer to this question, but <laughs> I mean, if you're self-employed, is it the end of the world? Or it's still possible to buy your dream house. <laughs> no, forget it. You'll never get a house, my man. No, no, I'm just kidding. No, so I'm not going to lie. Employee is easy. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's super easy. A lot yeah. of employment. I mean, just document-wise, Yeah. lot of employment pays out. You've been working for that company for four months. Yeah, you're permanent. Good. No problem. Wrong. There you go, right? There you go. And, and then eventually, imagine imagine that guy gets gets kicked out or whatever, or he leaves or whatever, but he got the house, right? Right. Self-employed, incorporated. Two years average, no questions asked. Like we asked you for the last two years, right? Now, uh, sometimes for self-employers, uh, what I see is that let's say they were working in that same field and now they're self-employed for the past year, some exceptions might be possible to do, um, but all in all, it's two years average. So yeah, it's more easier to to get a house to qualify as, a, as an employee. But there's also good things about self-employed, such as, the thing that I told you, you're incorporated and then you were able to take your financial statements. The other thing is that, for example, let's say, and that's actually, actually one thing that people should know is that before getting into uh, uh, the process, if you have a car payment, if you, no, or if you're thinking to buy a, a car and buy a house, never mind a car. Don't get the car now, get the car later. Because if you get a car and the car, there's car payments in your credit, you won't qualify for the exactly. It's a bad hit. Yeah, yeah exactly. You won't end that, and you won't be able to qualify for the amount that you're mm -hmm. looking for. It, like it, you, you will be held back because of that 500 car payment, right? So, wait, wait a bit for that, right? But the thing is, for you guys, self-employed, if you have a car payment on your credit, well, we will ask you, okay, well, is this car payment under the company? Please, it has to be yes all the time. It has to be, please, because if it's yes, because if it's a yes then we write it off. We just write it off. We don't take that in consideration. Now, if you tell me, and that's the important to reach out to a professional before getting into the process, uh, we'll ask you, do you have a carpet? And you're self-employed? Yes, I have a carpet. Is it under the company? No, okay. So what I would strongly suggest you to do is to call that company, uh, that carpet, uh, the, the company uh, dealership, whatever, call them, okay, please make the payments in this account number or on this void check number which is your business account oh, in that case wow, what we do crazy. we'll ask you okay well sure if you tell me that oh, so yes now it's going in my business account okay just show me a statement the last two months okay cool i'll show i'll, I'll take a look if this the car, car payments are going there and if it's matching the right number the, the number that i have in the credit bureau then fine, I'll write it off because it's on. Wow. We have proof that it's under the company. Very interesting, guys. Very informative, Edgar. Uh, saying that if I, for example, I buy a car and I'm a self-employed uh, business owner, in that case, instead of putting the car under my name, I'll put it under the business, so you can write it off. That's one amazing trick. I wanted to ask you um, another trick because you asked. We were talking before about switching banks possibly if uh, for better rates. 
Uh, is that possible? Can you do that at any time? What are the regulations under that? Uh, yeah, what are the rules? So yeah, you can. But the thing is, as I said, there's penalties, right? Right. So let's say um, you go, a certain bank comes to you and say, oh, hey, we have this offer right now. Would you like it? And you compare like, oh, right now I'm paying too much with this. I would be paying this. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, cool. I'll transfer. Sure, you can do that. That's not an issue. The only thing is that you still have to qualify with the other, with the other, with the other bank. A bank will still. That's not for sure. They'll. They want to. They want to welcome you. Welcome you with open arms, right? For a sure. bank is a bank, right? Bank is a bank. A bank exactly. is a bank. Exactly. But uh, can we qualify you for it? It's, it's the same thing. It's you want to transfer over there, but they'll have to. You have to gather them the documents. You know, paste uh, whatever self-employed uh, documents, all of that proof of income. The same thing. The same process. You you will have to go to the notary again, and all of that. That's for sure. Um, but it's a it's a it's a it's a process. It's very doable. But the thing is. Uh, Right now, the rates are pretty much the same everywhere. Right? Yes, exactly. So if you locked yourself right now, let's say a fixed rate uh, for five years at, uh, I don't know, 5%, and now eventually through the next three years, the rates are at like 2% maybe, uh, maybe you'll be like down to transfer. But before doing the transfer, I strongly suggest you to call your bank and see and take a look at your penalty. What's your penalty? If, there's a, if it's a huge penalty, maybe wait, maybe wait a bit, because if it's like 10,000 worth of penalty stills, mm -hmm. Maybe not not the ideal moment. Just wait out those two years left on your mortgage, and then eventually shop around. Mm, okay, okay. Uh, Edgar, mm. now enough of, uh, of housing markets and penalties <laughs> and all these things. You obviously train a lot at the gym, right? Since I met Edgar, since he started at the gym, he's been very, very, very consistent. Uh, Edgar, tell me, how do you connect being super fit, or how does it help you being? really good with your fitness, being obviously very dedicated, very consistent. How does that aspect help you in your everyday mortgage specialist business? Well, first things first, let's take out that super fit word. Like it doesn't, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not associated with me. Guys, he's fit, he's no, fit, he's fit. It's not, it's very not fit. associated with me, but thanks. Yeah, very but, humble. <laughs> thanks. Well, listen, uh, how about a lot, man? Like, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna lie, this year, 2022, was the first year where like, I really told myself, you know what, like, I've partied a lot, I have fun <laughs> a lot, you know, like, to the, put so much money into parties and everything. Yeah. Why can't you just put so much money into yourself, right? Yes. Into, into for your own sure. body and everything, right? Oh, yeah, cool. Because before I used to go to the gym, it's like three months, and then oh, okay, la la land, right? And then after, oh, okay, cool, that's fun. Then okay, let's hit back two two months again. Oh, okay, la la land, right? But now this time, um, I was lucky enough to uh, to join a boxing gym that I've told you about uh, since January, well, since well, since two years, but uh, since the past December up to like June. It was non-stops, 5.45 a.m., 5 a.m. club over there at 6 a.m., whatever. It was intense, it was fun, and also, I mean, I love boxing, and so I was like, it was easy for me to, to join, because it was like, yeah, it's, I love boxing, so I, I really enjoy it, so I love watching it, and, 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 and I'm curious about their the yes, way of yes, thinking, yes, it's yes, different. Yes, for sure. So I, I, was, I was joining them, and you know, it was nice, and it helped out a lot, just being active. I was always active, but active meaning like sports, soccer from time, soccer here and there. I love that. Like, I cannot. I don't imagine myself not doing sports, uh, not being active. And then eventually, uh, June came in, summer came, kicked in. So I was like, oh, okay, okay, summer. Well, it's different now. But I wanted to ch a change in my program. So there you go. I joined you guys. Uh, so pushing weights and everything, even with your boxing gyms here, and your endurance classes, which is our which are amazing, by the way. And Thank so you. it's uh, it's and the vibe also is also is also nice. I keep going to the boxing also as well. Um, but yo, know, it, it helps. It helps a lot because. I mean, you wake up, you feel good about it, you, you train good, 
you no, if you feel good, you train good, and then you look good, you do everything good. Yeah, right? exactly. So it's, it's, for sure. It's, it's, it's like men, yeah, it's a mental thing. I don't know. It's it's a very it's a mental thing. It pushes you even when it comes to work. Is you have this extra energy. It's it's crazy to say because you know you work out, yeah. you spend energy, right? Mm. But I don't know. It's kind of a boost also at the same time, right? Because like, you needed that. You needed to let go of that. I don't know whatever stress you had, right? But then after that, you're more focused at work. It's, for sure. It helps a lot. This year was amazing for me. Good Not for you. Good. I think it's the, the you know, what the Edgar's talking about is like that extra kick talking about is the higher vibrations. The more you move, the more you train, the more your vibrations are higher, right? And your blood is it's flowing, right? Mm -hmm. So that little kick, that little vib higher vibration helps you in your everyday work. And also the discipline that's needed to be at the gym every day here at your boxing gym is important at work because sometimes you got to sit down and crack down, you know? Exactly, and actually this year was the first time that I've worked with coaches. Like my boxing coaches, shout out to Isaac, Assam, and, uh, and Ra from Boxing Journey. And shout out to you, man. Like, I mean, really, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. Like, uh, working with coaches is different. It's the first time that I've worked with coaches, and that's where I'm like, oh, okay, I can actually learn stuff from you. Guys. Yeah, like, for sure. You're actually pushing, you know exactly where to push, what or not. Yeah. Like, there's stuff that you guys know about uh, your students that they don't know themselves, right? Yes, exactly. And, and you see things that they don't see, and um, and it's good, really cool. Uh, be, and also, you have to be coachable. Because yeah, if it's for not for sure. you, it's not for you, but you have to be coachable, right? Yeah, yeah, like any sport, sure. you have to be coachable. You don't want yeah. to be that, uh, uh, you know, in hockey teams, you know, there's always that, yeah, you know, cuts it in, yeah, 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 you got to get rid of the, 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 the bad apples. But I, I thank you, Edgar, for those beautiful words, obviously, but I must give a lot of credit to Edgar because Edgar is a very easy athlete to train. He comes in, does the work, doesn't talk. I mean, he talks, but I mean, he doesn't talk when it's not needed to. He's disciplined. He gets here ahead for the work, you know. He, he works hard. He's, uh, he's very motivating for me as a coach because obviously what you want is to see dedicated athletes, and that exactly, that's exactly what he is. But honestly, all credit to him. But yes, for sure, us, us trainers, we always try to, the coaches, we, could, we always try to bring out the better in our clients. And sometimes we see athletes or clients that have so much potential, but unfortunately because of, you know, traumatic events in the past, uh, confidence issues, consistency issues, yeah. uh, they don't exploit their full talent, which is very hardening for me as a coach. I think any coach that really loves to see progression, it's, it's difficult. Um, Last, one of the last questions here, Edgar, very personalized question, very personal question. Uh, who is your inspiration, role model in life, and why? Wow, so that's tough, man. Yeah, I know. So many, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, well, listen, uh, well, first things first, my parents, right? Like, you know, as a son of immigrant, they come here, they don't know the language. Throughout times, you throw, throughout times, throughout the years, you realize, man, they left a lot of things, relationships, friends, families, work, stability over there to give us a chance to, to, to be better, right? To, to do more, whatever, to help out also. So them, for sure, work ethic came from them, uh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, also recently, uh, for, the, for the past five years, I've interested myself in more other athletes such as Kobe Bryant as well and their mentality, that famous Mamba mentality uh, and the work ethic and everything. But recently, the one that I, my favorite superstar right now is uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo from uh, Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA. Uh, he has, I guess it's because he has this immigrant family, uh, immigrant mentality, which is because uh, that, that, that's his story. Uh, born in Greece, from Nigeria, came in the States, 
alone, doesn't, doesn't speak enough, that much English. He was very skinny, drafted very low, well, not that low, but was, it wasn't drafted in the first. Now he's considered, well, he's actually considered the first or top two players in the NBA. Yeah. And something that he says that I've seen this in uh, some athletes, and actually, like they all, because the thing is, he says, not, don't be too low, don't be too high, stay in the middle. Yes. Which is, you know, like, don't get too excited, don't get too comfortable because you get lady, then eventually you're not going to do anything. Don't get too excited because eventually it goes to your head and then uh, you forget where you come from. So stay in the middle, stay hungry, stay there, stay. That's not too low, not too high. Yeah, exactly. And what I like about it is like when he, when he said that, he said that and, and he said that the year after he, they got eliminated and uh, they started the playoff and they were uh, running it back with the team that elim eliminated them. And they asked him, what do you think about it? Oh, because I'm not, I'm not thinking about it, now, you know, not too low, not too high. And I remember then after the next day, I was watching, I love sports. So I watch sports news and go like, how dare he say such a thing? And now it's not the Kobe like, it's not the LeBron jacket, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but bro, like he's just being himself. That's one thing for sure. One thing he's being himself. It's not, it's not what you, it's not what the media wants to hear, but he's just grounded. And he, he became a champion mm. that same year. So, yeah. I mean, in your face, you guys, right? Yes, exactly. So it's you no, know, it's that type of mentality. Like, don't be too low, don't be too high. Like, if be proud of yourself, what you've done, it's good. But it's in the past now. Now, now that if you're looking in the past, that's like ego stuff. Keep forward. Keep forward. I love what you just said about. Uh, well, I won't say his name because it's a tough name to say. But Yanis. Yanis. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, about Yanis and keeping that that never too high, never too low. But keep yourself by being very open. Also, your you're you're um, you're kind of expecting to under expect and when to when something big happens well you're actually surprised before you're like expecting right yeah people they expect okay if i do everything well everything is going to be good for me not all the time right you can be studying so much and you still get a b instead of getting the a plus like it can happen right mm. so it's the goal is never stay too high never stay too low and always stay in the middle so you always stay hungry and also yeah. you i find like in the middle Instead of being flat-footed or jumping in the sky, you're like on your tippy toes, which is like kind of like the best position ready, to be yeah. to be ready, right? Um, Edgar, so, bonus question: If you were a wrestler and you were coming out to the ring, what would be your coming out song? What's that? <laughs> <Wow>. I <laughs> want to know your perspective. What's your coming wow. out song? What would Where be your that coming? Came from? Okay, well, wow, that's tough. I mean, and I love wrestling. I love I grew okay, up with good. that, like WWE and everything. Man, it's hard. Uh, it would be easy to say. Uh, Man, you know what this? Yeah, so I'll think about it this way. Uh, when there's weddings and you have okay. to go, like, you're one of the boys with a with a girl going in or whatever, bridesmaid or whatever. Yes. There's a song coming out, right? Uh, I would say uh, there's two songs actually coming. Actually, you know what? Coming here. Whenever I have a meeting and I'm stressed about it, because I was stressing about. I want to hear about it. It's uh, Sergio Mendes. Sergio Mendes? Sergio Mendes, Magdalena. Ah, hey, Magdalena Rojo. Good, good. That's a song. It gets me going. It's like, okay, let's go. I'm yeah, gonna yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Get that samba, get that samba. Get that samba in, man. <laughs> Sometimes you actually put it in. Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now that I know, I'll put it more. Yeah. So Magdalena, that's your song? Yeah, man. Great choice, Edgar. Uh, thank you so much, Edgar. I must say uh, last words here for Edgar. Edgar, I'm so happy for you and everything that you've accomplished so far in your life. 
Uh, I know we've spoken about it. Maybe you're younger, you weren't sure where you're heading. Yeah. I think you're perfectly aligned in what you want to do. You speak about it with passion. You speak about it with confidence. Is what people is looking for. So this is your mortgage specialist. Don't go anywhere else. This is the man. But also, big props to you at the gym. Thanks, you're sir. always very positive, always very communicative, and always ready to work, which is the only thing I ask for as a coach. Edgar Postigo. Thank you so much Thank for you, coming man. to Upgrade Mentality. Thanks for having Guys, me. Guys, follow uh, Upgrade Mentality on Instagram, uh, Instagram, sorry, on Apple iTunes or Spotify. You can also follow uh, Full Body Athletics on Full Body underscore Athletics uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, Full Body Athletics, on YouTube, Full Body Athletics. Hopefully, you guys enjoy a beautiful day. Edgar, merci beaucoup. Merci Thank à you toi. so much, sir. Thanks again. Have a good day, and uh, we'll see you, we'll see each other soon. Ciao. Ciao. One, two, three.